Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sarah. And I'm Beth. We co-host Pantsuit Soup Politics, a podcast seeking nuance in political conversation. Along the way, we've realized the rest of life is filled with nuance, too. So we come here each week to commemorate the moments in our lives, moments beyond birthdays, weddings, and funerals, that deserve celebration. It's an opportunity to see ourselves in a new season and to reflect on the messiness of living wisely. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being patient with us last week as we recovered from our almost two full weeks of travel together. We are back again here at the Nuance Life with some fantastic commemorations for you this week. Before we dive into our commemorations today, I just want to invite you sincerely to join us at my home church, Florence Christian Church in Florence, Kentucky, this Saturday, April 27th, to talk about our book, I Think You're Wrong, But I'm Listening, A Guide to Grace-Filled Political Conversations. Sarah and I will be there. We'll do a free event talking about the lessons of the book, and then we will do a workshop with lunch where we'll discuss how churches particularly can lead the way in grace-filled conversation. And this will not be just about politics, but about any kind of hard topic that comes up in congregations. So we hope it'll be really useful and would love to see you there. Our first commemoration comes from Ashley. She recently finished her 200-hour yoga training and is officially an RYT-200. Beth, I don't know what that means. You're a yoga teacher. Registered yoga teacher with 200-hour training behind her. That's what that means. Nice. Congratulations, Ashley. That's a lot of hours. Oh, it's not a joke. Good job, Ashley. So she's focused on specializing in first responders, which I think is genius, and also still working full-time. I love this insight she shared with us. She said, My university advisor once told me that expecting my day job to be a source of spiritual fulfillment would inevitably lead to depression. My goal should be to be positive, work hard, and find ways to feed my passions and my free time through hobbies and other outlets. If everyone found a job that fulfilled their greatest passions and rejected anything that did not bring them joy, chances are we would have a hard time finding a lot of garbage collectors. It is our responsibility to see ways outside of the nine to five window to bring joy into our lives. This is my mission with my yoga business. Asana's with Ashley. I felt like sharing this journey may inspire someone to pursue something that they really wanted to pursue, but felt that it was not possible. There is an idea perpetuated around the digital world that entrepreneurship and being your own boss is a sign of success and that all you need to do to accomplish this is simply take the risk. For those who truly and honestly cannot do that, there has to be another way to pursue their passions that do not involve sacrificing necessary sources of income. Perhaps we can say, finding the nuance in this concept of following our dreams and passions is the key. I think that's lovely. I had a really similar experience to Ashley. I started practicing yoga because I took an assessment called the Divine Inventory. And the person who read my results to me, actually David Devine, who is the president of the company, told me that the biggest problem he saw in my results was that I was looking for all of my needs to be met through work. Mm-hmm. And he said, all of your needs are never going to be met through work. And because you are expecting that, you're miserable at work and you're also tired 
you know, you don't have good energy. You've got to find something that stimulates your mind and your body. And so I started practicing yoga and then I decided to do my teacher training because of my fibromyalgia. I wanted to just know enough to be able to practice without hurting myself. I never really intended to teach. And then I realized through my training, which 200 hours is a lot of work. And in that process, I started to think about what would it be like to have a yoga teacher with my body, right? Who's not the Instagrammable version of yoga, but who carries extra weight, has aches and pains, has a chronic health condition. And I thought, gosh, it would have been really meaningful to me at lots of points to have the person instructing be able to relate to my body in this way. And so I started picking up a class here and there. And now I'm in my, gosh, fifth year of teaching regularly, which is hard to believe. I think I have just recouped my investment in yoga teacher training because you do not make a lot of money teaching yoga. This is absolutely a labor of love. And it's just been a wonderful part of my life. Every time I think I cannot keep doing this, something has to go from my schedule. I go teach my class and then I'm like, well, of course this can't go. I love this. Mm -hmm. I have to keep teaching my class. I think this conversation about finding a passion outside work that doesn't have to be income producing is so important. There's been a lot of really interesting articles recently about the side hustle, about the side hustle in female and particularly the mothering space, how exhausting that can be. I've definitely felt that I have fallen prey to that narrative that anything you do has to be income producing in order to make it worth your time. And the sort of mirror image of that, I found myself thinking about this weekend, honestly, is that I also, in the same way I feel like any quote-unquote work I pursue has to be income-producing, I feel like any weekend days or days that I'm with my family that are supposed to be sort of relaxing and recreational can't contain any work. And I don't mean career work. I mean labor. <laughs> like we spent a Saturday, a really good Saturday, cleaning the house, cleaning up outdoors, just doing a lot of sort of labor around our home. And I found myself thinking like, oh, this was such beautiful weather. We should have been on a hike. We should have been on a bike. And I'm like, no, why? Like relaxation can involve labor, especially labor that's unpaid. That can still be important. Cal Newport has a really great section of his book on like how much we need that as human beings. We need like laborious physical processes in which we can see an outcome and which we can see a result that aren't necessarily related to work and also, but can be restorative, I guess. You know what I mean? Like this sort of presence of restorative labor, the presence of work that's unpaid. There's all these gray areas that our sort of national societal cultural narrative doesn't do a good job of containing. And I think Ashley's point to finding something outside of your, but keeping your paid gig of finding work that's not necessarily would be classified as relaxing or restorative is still important too. Just, there's lots of gray areas in this space between recreation and work and career and hobby. And we just don't give each other a lot of breathing room for that. The biggest example of this in my... Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
my life. Well, after I made yoga work work, right, which I did, I took something that was to be restorative and I made it a job, which is something I tend to do. Yeah, but it's not your career either. So there's there's still some wiggle room there. It's not my career. But the biggest example for me of this is reading fiction. Because mm-hmm. I told myself for the longest time, I mean, really since law school, that I just don't have time to read fiction and there's nothing productive about it. And I have too many things that are productive that that need to be done. And I'm slowly getting out of that. I've read more fiction this year than I have in the preceding 10 and it's really been a process of telling myself that that it is okay to spend that time doing something that I don't have a thing to show for it. Um, mm-hmm. Now, of course, it's enhancing in all kinds of ways, right? I'm going to be a better writer and thinker and, you know, a hundred things because reading is great for you. But I really had to talk myself into you are allowed to have truly idle hours that are mm-hmm. solo hours, right? Because it doesn't create an experience for my kids either. It models right. something important for my kids, but it doesn't create an experience for them. And I do think that we just, we struggle with that. And and what you said about leisure kind of made me smile because I've also been having to convince myself that our daughters really just want to be at home on the weekends like, they, mm-hmm. they don't want to be out doing things. My eight-year-old wants to be in her room right now doing things by herself. And I wanted that time at eight, too. But I have this instinct, like, but I need to get them out in the world. And there are so many mm-hmm. things we haven't taken them to do and see. But they really want that interior time. And I do, too. And so I need to give it to all of us. Yep. No, I totally agree. There's so many valid, complex uses of our time and we just we love to split them up into just two basic we love to we love binary things we just do our brains like the binary and we like the black and white of like work and leisure figure it out but it's so much more complicated than that it's a venn diagram like the nuanced life not a light switch well congratulations ashley i hope that your training was as enriching as mine was and that yoga brings you so much joy and i can tell from the way you're talking about this that you're going to bring lots of joy to others Why is mother? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thursday so hard. It's so hard. There's so much pressure to find something that's thoughtful and useful and permanent, right? Not something that's just going to be gone in a couple of weeks. And it's just, it's stressful. But the reality is Mother's Day is almost here. And there's one gift that thousands of moms have been calling the best gift ever. It's called Skylight, and it's a photo frame you can email photos to anytime from anywhere. It sets up effortlessly in under 60 seconds. Just plug in, use the touchscreen to connect to your wireless network, and enjoy. Everyone in your family can email photos to Mom Skylight, and they'll pop up in her home in seconds. Skylight Frame has a gorgeous 10-inch touchscreen. You can swipe through photos with your finger and even tap to thank the person who sent a photo. 100% satisfaction is guaranteed. If you don't love your Skylight, they'll offer you a full refund. 
fund. Our skylight sits on our kitchen counter. I regularly email photos to it so that we have this sort of running photo gallery of our year so far. I absolutely love it. It is so easy to email the photos and watch them pop right up. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Now as a special Mother's Day offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a skylight frame when you text LIFE, L-I-F-E, to 48 48 48. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a skylight frame, just text LIFE to 48 48 48. That's L-I-F-E to 48 48 48. We also have a commemoration from Jessica, and full disclosure, I know Jessica. She (laughs) worked with me, and so, Sarah, I think it would be a better service to Jessica for you to share her commemoration, because I will layer onto it all kinds of my own um, personal feelings about it. (laughs) So, Jessica landed her dream job out of graduate school. She had three kids. She made an amazing life for herself. And then last November, she quit her dream job. And I love this. She says, it was hard to decide that what was a dream job for me at 26 wasn't a dream job anymore at 36. I had stagnated and was finding the work stale. So she has now launched a small business. She's been an entrepreneur for five months. She's adding clients. She says, I've always felt like my business needed to succeed in order for me to commemorate this change. As a recovering type A personality, I felt like I could only commemorate successes or even the silver lining of a lesson learned from failure. So I offer this commemoration as a celebration of my own learning to embrace the messy middle of launching my business that might succeed or might not. Either way, I'm willing to pause and celebrate that I had the courage to make a change and celebrate even even amidst uncertainty. Love that. Jessica's awesome. And it was a real privilege for me to get to work with her. I think that Jessica is experiencing what so many people experience when you know you need a change and you start to do the risk calculus around that change. It's really daunting. Mm -hmm. And so just making the decision to change is absolutely commemoration worthy. And being in the messy middle of that change, that period of maybe this will work, maybe it won't, which is where I feel I am too. It's a beautiful thing and it takes daily courage. Every single day you have to say to yourself, I'm going to take this risk again today. It's not like the decision to quit your full-time job is the beginning and end of it. That decision comes up multiple times every single day. I'm going to have the courage to charge this person for my work that I did for them, even though that feels uncomfortable to me. I'm going to make the decision to say no to this work, even though I'm scared that I'm not going to have enough work and enough money. You know, there are so many decisions in the process of executing on something like this. And it's just a huge celebration, I think, for everybody who makes this kind of leap to be making those decisions every day and wading through it. I really identified with the desire for like a hard term result (laughs) in order to celebrate. Again, we have this narrative that the story needs to be completed for us to celebrate it or that there's a binary to begin with, that you're at the beginning and then you're at the end. Like you said, it's this is a practice. Like I think going out and doing this is a practice. It's like a decision to practice. You know what I mean? It's a decision to do something every day. And that's 
just as important to commemorate, but because we make commemoration so often about the end result, it's just an, an important reminder that no, just changing your direction, going out on a new journey is really an important thing to take a moment and recognize. I mean, I think we have this struggle with what we do together, Sarah. Like, when do we, there's not a beginning and an end to podcasting or book writing Mm -hmm. or speaking. Do we commemorate that we just finished some travel? Well, we have more coming up. Like, when, you know, when do you stop and say to yourself, wow, self, you just did some hard things? (laughs) I don't know. It's tricky. It is. It's really hard. That's why, honestly, there is a part of me that really embraces the other holidays that people don't like, like New Year's and birthdays, because I just think otherwise, if you can just focus on the passage of time and what has happened and what you have accomplished over the passage of time, that's better than nothing. At least it's a small trigger to remind yourself time has passed. What's happened? What's changed? What have I changed? What has changed about me? You know, I think that those are are good, healthy triggers of nothing else. I also think that when you're in a partnership, it's really helpful to have someone who will kind of wave their hand and say, wait a second, we should celebrate that we just did this. And I think it's harder when you're like Jessica on your own. There aren't a lot of moments where you want to stop and like congratulate yourself. you know. So mm. maybe finding a team of people around you or something to do that is is a good way to make sure you don't get lost in the day to day. That's the problem for all of us. Right. We just the day to day is oppressive in its persistence. Mm. And so being able to step out of it really is a gift. Well, you've been coaching, Jessica. What do you think is the importance of like coaching and mentoring or somebody who is acting as a mentor, that particular role during this type of transition or this type of change in life? I think different people who do that kind of work would have different answers to that question. You know, for me, the reason that I think as I look at the clients I've worked with over the last year, every single one of them who came to me for the purpose of trying to figure out if they want to make a change or not has made a change that they are really excited about. And I think the reason for that is that when someone can mirror back to you your thought process, it connects you with your own wisdom in a way that you almost need someone else's permission to connect. Does that make sense? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think that I give anybody any magic, but I think that I listen and I ask questions and I say, here's what I think I hear you saying. Does that sound right to you? And that process just clarifies for people, oh, this is how I really feel. And this is what I really want. And this is what I really could do. And these are the risks. And here's my level of tolerance for those risks. And so I feel really good. This is really rewarding work for me to be involved with someone like Jessica who goes through this process because it's a beautiful thing when someone trusts themselves. But I think that a lot of us need support to trust ourselves. So much of trusting yourself, again, just goes back to the passage of time and age. I think it's so rare to be able to trust yourself in your 20s. It's not that I don't necessarily have friends that do. I absolutely have seen that in many of my friends and family members' lives, sort of just confidence or connection with what they really wanted to do. But building trust in any relationship is about coming to crosses in the road or coming to decisions and seeing that worked out. And that's no less true than the relationship with yourself. You know what I mean? Like just building that sort of love bank is a process with yourself as much as it is with another person of watching. I survived that. I did good. 
I was able to assess or I was able to do this. And and it's sometimes having that person that can walk you back through your own life and say, hey, remember when you did this and you made the right call or you recovered quickly or you learned from that in sort of illustrating or illuminating those moments in your life where the relationship with yourself was built or was firmed up or grew in that in that way. And when you learn to dress yourself more, I just think that some of that has to come with time. And some of that requires a little bit of support, too, because I often hear people saying things like, well, I would be starting over if I made X, Y, or Z decision. And the truth is you're never starting over. You get the benefit of all of your life experiences. And sometimes you just need help seeing how those life experiences connect to where you're going. But they do. Mm -hmm. They do. Mm -hmm. Like the arc of our experiences is almost always kind of accumulating in its own time to the next thing for us. We just have to want to see it that way, you know, and that looks different than it looks on a corporate org chart or something. Right. But we're never starting fresh because we're bringing the sum total of everything that we've been to what we're going to be next. And and that's the fun part of all of it. Well, it's also the fun part of this podcast. We love that all of you bring the sum total of each and every one of your individual selves to our community and especially when you share your commemorations with us. So please continue to email us your commemorations, both small and large. And until next week, keep it nuanced, y'all. Nuance Life is produced by Dylan Garvin. Elise Knapp is our production assistant. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. The Nuance Life is listener supported. For $5 a month, you'll receive an extra episode of The Nuance Life at patreon.com slash The Nuance Life. You can connect with us on our website, thenuancelife.com, and follow us on Instagram.